Welcome back to the MicroConf Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Walling. Today is a MicroConf Refresh episode where we hear the audio from Patty Radford Henderson's MicroConf talk in Minneapolis last April. The talk is called Baking Marketing into Your Product Roadmap, and it's an attendee talk. So it's a nice length. It's about 15 minutes of audio that Patty delivered last April in Minneapolis. If you want to come see talks like these live, our next flagship MicroConf event is in Denver, Colorado, April 16th through the 18th. I'm going to be speaking. We have Patrick Campbell from ProfitWell now with Paddle. Leanna Patch and I will be co-hosting. We have other speakers like Dev Basu from Powered by Search, Claire Swallentrop from Forget the Funnel, and Xenia Munteon from Planable. It's going to be an incredible event with a couple hundred other bootstrapped and mostly bootstrapped SaaS founders. Whether you've attended in the past or you've never attended, I'd encourage you to check it out, microconf.com slash Americas for all the details. Before we dive into that, MicroConf Mastermind Matching is back. We only do this a couple times a year. And if you're not familiar with what a mastermind is, it's a group of like-minded founders with similar experiences working towards a single shared goal, and it's the success of all the individuals. So we look at your revenue, your team size, your strengths, your goals, and several other data points, and we'll match you up with a few other founders, and you can decide whether you want to meet once a month or every other week, and you're going to dig into your businesses, and you're going to have folks giving you support, ideas, sounding boards. These are founders that will be along for the ride for your entrepreneurial journey. And we're trying something new this year where we have a three-month program where you can connect with some great minds in sales, business development, marketing, and more. And if you're making more than a million dollars a year, I'm personally hosting monthly office hours where we'll get together and talk all things SaaS. If this sounds interesting, head to microconf.com slash masterminds to learn more and to review our pricing. Applications open January 25th. They close on February 3rd and we'll be sending matches between February 8th and the 15th. That's microconf.com slash masterminds. And with that, let's dive into baking marketing into your product roadmap. I'm Patty Radford Henderson. I am the CEO and founder of Anum. Anum is a master marketing calendar that allows you to get an integrated view of all of your marketing channels, along with holidays, cultural events, customer insights, in one universal view so you can make strategic decisions when you're putting your plan together. So I have been a marketer for, had quite a lengthy career as a marketer. I am now a founder and CEO of a MarTech company, a SaaS product, and this is the first time that I've been in a room with peers, um, and I am very grateful to be here, and I appreciate um, how kind and supportive everyone is. So today, um, what I wanted to do was give you um, what I've done, share what I have done as a founder ramping up a software company um, to kind of slowly ramp up marketing at the same time using some of the principles I've used throughout my entire career. So the first thing I want to start off with is before your beta. And from the people I've talked to, we've got people spread out all over kind of the life cycle of a SaaS startup. So um, if this doesn't relate to you immediately for the stage you're in, please take it for what it's worth. And maybe it's something that you can apply no matter where you're at. But um, what I really think is the opportunity before you're actually getting customers into your software is, of course, customer discovery, making sure you understand the problem, but also getting to how the customer describes 
the problem. And this is something that I did that was super helpful, and it was customer problem interviews. So I wasn't pitching my product. I wasn't showing my product. I was just talking to them. And I was talking to them specifically about the problem I was solving, um, not uh, in general about, you know, what are all your pain points, but just let's get specific about the problem that I'm solving. And I shared my frustration, and then I just let them go and let them just kind of rant about it. Um, what is so great about this is I was then able to pull phrases and words from them that I have now pulled all the way through my marketing. So I'm using my customer's voice to explain back to them the problem. Um, and it's, you know, a very powerful thing. The other thing that it, I believe is very important right away is to establish your brand online. So Edelman does a trust survey, um, a trust barometer every year, and they list who are considered the most trusted spokespeople for companies. Number one would be an academic expert. Number two would be a technical expert within the company. Three is a person just like me. So that would be like another customer who's had an experience. And four would be the CEO. So if you're either the CEO or the technical expert in your company, you're considered a trusted source and you really need to establish your credibility. And number one, I would say is build out your LinkedIn profile to actually show show the credentials that you have, and make sure that your title in LinkedIn gets a lot of value. Because if you are commenting or posting things, people are going to see um, you know, the name of your company. But I've also put a couple words there to describe what the company is. I've listed an accelerator I am in, I've been in, and other things to just kind of build that credibility right off the bat. The other thing, of course, is get a website up, do some keyword research. If you can put some helpful content out there to start building some SEO, that's great. Start a wait list, et cetera. Um, next, I would recommend uh, dipping your toe in social media. And if you're a B2B SaaS, LinkedIn is the place where you want to be. I'm not a natural one to social media, so this was something um, that I had to kind of work myself up towards. I do a lot of consulting on what people should do, but just not so natural for me. So what I found worked for me was to think about it as you are sharing your journey with your network. Um, not think of it as you've got your sales hat on and trying to sell, 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 convert, convert, convert. But really, you're letting your network know what's going on and you're sharing your journey. And don't really worry about likes or comments, but just start slowly doing it. My goal was once a week when I started out. It's also a great opportunity for you to document milestones. So um, whenever something great happened that I felt good about, or maybe there was a big decision I made, put it out there on LinkedIn, share it with my network. Um, it was surprising how many people would come back to me when I would talk to them later. Oh, I saw you did this, or you had that happen. Or I could go back and uh, reference LinkedIn to find out when something actually happened. And I was also starting to get some demos out of it when I was doing this too. Um, it's another great opportunity for you to start working on storytelling. Storytelling is so important in terms of getting your journey out there, engaging people, and telling stories through short little LinkedIn posts is a great way to start. So now we're moving into your beta. You have um, got software. You want to start getting some customers on that software. And there is still a lot you can learn. You've learned a lot about how they talk about the problem, but now we can learn about their buying jobs. And this has kind of been a theme today, but um, what I find is super helpful is this diagram from Gartner. They've got five different buying jobs that a uh, B2B buyer has to go through. The first is actually identifying 
the problem. Um, someone brought up in the last session I was in, like, how do you get someone to move off the status quo? You need to help them understand that there actually is a problem because they're just doing workarounds and they don't see it as a problem. Um, it's solution exploration, so understanding all the different avenues I can go into, the requirements building, so building that list of what I, my needs are, um, determining who are the suppliers that I'm going to review, weighing them against that list, and then you've decided who you want to go forward with, but you need to validate that. How do you validate it so you're not making a mistake? And then there's always that consensus building. So this is kind of a lot to unpack, but this is something that you can do during your demo phase. So every time you're doing a demo, you can find out what is important to them when they're making the buying decision. Who is the person to make the decision? What other products are they weighing me against? What, um, what do they, they hope their criteria to be? So while you're doing those demos, you can gather against those six different buying jobs all the intel that you need to help you as you get later on in your stages. At this stage, um, uh, something that I'm so grateful that I did is I put a big effort into building out case studies. And again, in those top trusted people, a person like myself, so a customer sharing their experience with the product is so important. So I built it right into my charter partner user agreements that once I earned their endorsement after 30 days, they would participate in a case study. I made a Google form, they filled it out, I asked them what was the situation like prior to working with me, why did they choose Anum, um, how did it make a difference, how was implementation, um, uh, what were the results, and was there any ROI. And then I wrote it in their voice and I've got pull quotes um, that I'm able to merchandise throughout my website and other places. But this is really uh, you know, about kind of that validation job that we're wanting to build content for. Also, during this stage, you've built out your you know, uh, credentials on LinkedIn, but I really uh, would like to urge you to build out your About Us page. People want to make sure that they are working with a credible company. They want to understand who the CEO is, who are the technical technical people, and the why behind you started it. So if you go to animplanning.com, you're going to read our story of, of where the idea came from, how I, how I came up with the idea to move forward with this. You're also going to see a lengthy bio, and you're going to see a list of all the speaking engagements and some logos of clients I worked with, because I'm like, okay, these people don't know me. I want anyone who goes to check out the company to understand my background, because I'm going to be trying to get on stage at things like this, and also to get press written about me, and I want to get my credentials right up in front. So, um, in working with a lot of clients as a marketer, I often found there was traffic to the About Us page, and the About Us page was rather thin. So if yours is thin, I would really urge you to put some effort there so people can really know um, what you've got. And now that you've you know, talked to customers about the problem, you've been doing the demos, it's time for you to get out there and talk about the problem. This is something that um, you can truly own and start sharing with others, again, through social media um, and, and you know, blogging or what it would be, your point of view on the problem and what causes it and you know, then leading people back to you. Um, the other thing that you can start doing, and, and I'm trying to kind of do this um, you know, approach to kind of wading into the social media waters and giving you more things to talk about would be to share those frequently asked questions that come up. You're going to see customers during demos are going to continue to kind of ask some of the similar questions and you can just start 
creating content that speaks exactly to those questions that you are dealing with when you're doing those demos. And you're gonna really want to use it as a social platform. So engage with others, support their content, give them likes, share their things, answer their questions. And when you write posts, think about calling out the people that have supported you and mentored you along the way while you're sharing updates about your journey. It's reciprocal. Once you start supporting others on the platform, they'll so start supporting you. And then you're actually gonna start to see um, you know, more exposure of your posts on the platform. Okay, so we have uh, gotten through the beta, hurrah, and we're able to start selling. We're gonna move um, into kind of full-on sales and marketing mode. And we've got these six buyer jobs that we know that our customers have to work through. So this is a good, the good news. Gartner says that customers that find helpful information from a company are 2.8 times more likely to have ease of purchase when they're going through the process and three times more likely to have a high value, low regret purchase. So you can address those buyer jobs with content. If you think of each of those six buyer jobs, what content can you publish on your website that will help them achieve that goal and then how can you amplify that content out? So if it is the problem, how can you convince them that this is a problem and they need to move on it? You could write a white paper that completely breaks down that problem. Um, understanding you know, what their options are. You can show a comparison at a high level of the big categories of tools and what they're going to do for you. You can build out a criteria list that they should use when they're trying to select a vendor. Um, you can do side-by-side -side comparisons between you and the top vendors. When it comes to validation, showcase those case studies. Can you get an analyst to write about you? Can you make sure that your About Us page is filled out and your credentials are there so they understand you are a technical expert? And then that last one was consensus. How can you help them build consensus? Um, one of my favorite examples here is a uh, conference that had like how to convince your boss to let you go to the conference. So you could think about content like that that is particularly targeted to helping somebody else sell it in. And also at this phase, I'd like to urge you to claim your topics of expertise. You've done enough work, what can you own? You know, I am standing up and owning the um, problem of marketing planning silos. That is huge in my business. I also wanna see as the go-to for integrated marketing planning and omni-channel planning, um, as well as baking marketing into your product roadmap as we've got here today. So determining what those are, so then you can do sponsorships, get speaking events, and start to be known as the person who has a point of view about that topic and then it relates to the problem you're solving and to your solution. And then lastly under um, uh, you know, post, post beta is amplifying it all. So what I think is so great about the customer stories is that they have so much use. You can take a pull quote and turn it into a post and put it on LinkedIn and then you can promote that post. You can pitch yourself and your customer co-presenting at a conference. You could take that case study, send it to a publication and try to pitch them writing an article about how that customer was able to solve their marketing planning silos. So the credibility of having a customer speak um, could really be leveraged in terms of getting you some um, broader awareness. And then also, you know, 
establishing establishing those platforms that you talk about can get you on, you know, podcasts, guest blogging, um, speaking at conferences, again, getting in front of your target audience so that you can build some awareness. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about is staying on track because when you've got everything spinning um, as a CEO, and I'm finding it hard to stay on top of marketing with trying to keep everything going, um, and this is how I do it, and this is actually a screen capture from my tool, um, Anum, which is a master marketing calendar. I put everything on one big picture view. Along the bottom, you're not going to be able to um, read any of this, but along the bottom in yellow are my phases of development that I've got planned. Okay, if it shifts out, I will shift them out, but right now, that's the plan. Um, I've also got events that I'm going, MicroConf is on there, and I'm sponsoring a marketing gathering. I've got a row for email, and all my regular emails are on there that are going out. I've got a row for what's happening on my website. So the content that I need to have before the different features roll out is marked. So I know I need to get that page up, I need to do this page, I need to make this update. And then I've got social media posts. Once you've got everything filled in, it's kind of easy to be like, well, I'm going to post that I'm at MicroConf. I'm going to post that we're sponsoring this event. I'm going to post that we're launching this feature. And then all of a sudden, the calendar starts to fill up, and you're not looking at a blank page. And that's something that um, you know I, I think is super helpful, is when you do have a plan, and you're able to sit down, you can look at it, you can evaluate, see where the gaps are, figure out where you're able to you know, fill in the blanks. But at a high level, if you start with um, the activities that you know about and your product roadmap, you can build a plan a couple months out and then keep it rolling and evolving. So, four, three, two, one. That's the um, that's that's pretty good. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. <laughs> Thank you, Patty.